from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today things might get a little messy. That's because we'll be speaking with Mark Summers, host of the breakout Nickelodeon show Double Dare that had kids getting covered in slime, catapulting pies at each other, and so much more. The show has been rebooted twice since it debuted in 1986, but on Monday, Summers will be appearing in Columbus at the Palace Theater as part of Double Dare Live. Today, my colleague, lifestyle reporter Eric Legata, will be speaking with Summers about his career as he steps away from his signature TV series. Take it away, Eric. We are here today with Mark Summers, who will be hosting a live version of the Nickelodeon game show Double Dare. Double Dare Live It will be taking place at 7.30 p.m. December 16th at the Palace Theater. So, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about this live show? How's this all going to work? Well, if you've ever watched this program, we've been on almost 34 years, so hopefully at some point you have seen it. Now, we basically take what we've been doing on TV all those years and do it as a live show. The fun part is we're now hitting a couple of generations, and the, and the grown-ups who are now grown-ups now uh, um, have kids the same age they were when the show first went on the air. So they have always sort of hoped at some point to be on the show, and Act 1 is physical challenges, and we do kids versus the adults and see who can do a better job. And it's funny to watch because the adults, I think, take it more seriously than the kids do, and they're very, very competitive. So we do that for the first 45, 50 minutes, take a break, and come back, and we do a segment from another show I used to do called uh, What Would You Do? We play a game called Musical Pies, and uh, after we get done uh, doing that, we go in the audience and we select families and do a competition and select two of them to actually play the game on TV and uh, then around uh, in the uh, theater, rather. And then uh, we run an obstacle course, and if they get eight obstacles in 60 seconds or less, we give them $1,000 cash. So there's fun, there's prizes, there's mess. It's uh, everything you wanted and, and more. Yeah, and I know that this is something that, like you said, the audience can get involved with this, but, I mean, how are they How are they kind of chosen? Do they have to, like, register beforehand, or do, you know, how well, are they, they kind do. of picked Okay. Yeah, so they have to sign a release that says that uh, we can use them and all that kind of good stuff. But then um, I just go in the audience, and they give you uh, different uh, red bands around your wrist. And uh, when I go in the audience, I look, and if I see a red band, and I think that you're enthusiastic and somebody would be good on stage, I select you, bring you up, and we, we play the games. Yeah, that's awesome. So what have you enjoyed, I guess, about kind of taking the show on the road? Listening to the stories from the people who have uh, viewed the show from 1986 till the present, and they've got stories about building obstacle courses in their living rooms and having their parents get mad at them or going out now as grown-ups uh, with double dare uh, outfits and trick-or-treating or there's stories and uh, it's just fun to hear and you don't realize when you're making television back in the 80s you were going to have an impact uh, you know 30 plus years later so it's just kind of fun yeah yeah and, and i know that this is being billed as a as a farewell tour for you so i mean what does that mean are you really saying goodbye to all forms of double dare I think I am. I think it's time. Uh, when I started the show, I was 34. I just turned 68. I've had fun. It's been amazing. We got it back on TV with 60 new episodes. I've been on the road for a year and a half now. But I think it's time. I always wondered, you know, if it would be a time where I'd say, hey, you know, it's been fantastic, but maybe it's enough. 
And I think I hit that. I'm, I'm uh, trying to relax more. I, I have grandchildren now, and I want to spend time with them. And I'm just trying to chill a little bit more. I'm, I'm still producing television. I'm producing a couple of new shows for the Discovery Channel and have my fingers in a bunch of pies. But, you know, getting on planes, trains, and automobiles, city to city, is not quite as easy as it once was. So I think I'm, I'm ready to pull back. Yeah. So you mentioned the show Revival. It was revived for a second time in uh, 2018. Talk to us about it. I mean, can you talk to me about that show and, and how you were involved in it because i know you know obviously liza kind of succeeded you as the host so what was kind of your involvement in that well i'm the one who got it back number one mm-hmm. i've been driving nickelodeon crazy for the last 10 years to do it um i was exec producer of the show since so i was involved with every part of the show format wise the physical challenges questions obstacles you name it i was a part of that whole situation and i think nickelodeon has given me the respect throughout the years knowing that i was the guy who kind of put them on the map and all these years later, uh, if people think of Nick, the first thing they think of is Double Dare, and I'm an integral part of that. And so it was just kind of a good thing. And, you know, when they told me that Liza was going to do it, and I said, I don't know who she is, and they said, she's an influencer, and I said, I have no idea what that is. And But we had a good time together. She's fun. Uh, she is a quick learner. She's entertaining as hell. And, um, you know, she's got a huge career ahead of her. Uh, forget about Double Dare. She's got, uh, you know, shows and movies and things. So at 22, she's uh, quite a force. Wow, 22, yeah. You know, I guess I was going to ask how she's kind of done in that role, but it sounds like you kind of see that she's kind of brought some enthusiasm, and I guess, or I kind of speak to what she's kind yeah, of brought to that audience. Well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got millions of people who follow her on you know Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, the wish was that those eyeballs would follow her to TV. And it doesn't always work that just because you're a social media star that it's going to turn into TV. Uh, but there were enough to kind of keep it going, and we did uh, 60 episodes plus a Super Bowl special. And I think it was just the right time and, and just enough. And then I decided to go back out on the road one more time. I, it was sort of a fluke. I suggested it, didn't think it could happen. It did really quick. And the next thing I know, you know, we're in a touring bus going from city to city. So it, it's been a whirlwind the last two and a half, three years. And uh, it all culminates on uh, around the 20th of December, uh, where we uh, close things out, I think, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, and I think uh, this is the second season for the for the um, the, the revival. Um, is there going to be a third season? No, there is not. Uh, the last, uh, they're airing shows on Friday on Nick at 9 o'clock. And uh, the second one airs this Friday. Uh, and then we have two more after that and uh, and then it's done wow so i mean do you think uh i mean double dares lived on lived on this long i mean is this uh i mean do you kind of foresee like it'll come back at some point in the future or you know what are you kind of foresee? uh probably while i'm i won't be on this planet but perhaps i think you know i think it could have gone on quite honestly our ratings are still great beating many of the newer shows that are on the channel but you know there was a management change and what happens in our industry a lot is uh whatever the old management did the new management wants to get rid of whether it's successful or not and that was the case our ratings for the halloween week were the highest that we were beating every show on nickelodeon and yet they still pulled the plug um you know i've been doing this for 50 plus years it's just part of the industry and you can't take a person you just move on and go to the next thing. It's uh, just uh, a ridiculous business, and uh, you either deal with it or, or move on to something else. Yeah, but uh, as for the, the the two seasons of the the reboot, I mean, what made it? You know, did, I, I imagine that there are things that changed or kind of revamped, and then things that probably say, stayed the same. Can you can, can you talk to me, I guess, about you know how it how it kind of differed from you know the original show and how it how it was kind of updated, I guess, for for twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Well, they made it look very nighttime. The set was ginormous. It was like two football fields. 
The lighting was totally different. The physical challenges were bigger. The obstacles were bigger. And so they felt that was an integral part of making a show a success. I could debate that and tell you that I think that's somewhat irrelevant. I think it's about having a good time, making sure the host does his or her job. Because there aren't many shows where moms and dads and kids get to play together. And that's what we provide and have for many, many years. And this new generation of kids, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, who are discovering this thing. You know, back when I grew up in Indiana, on the 4th of July, we'd go to picnics and do pie-eating contests and potato sack races and stuff like that. These kids don't know what any of that stuff is, and we just sort of revived that on Double Dare. And so everything old is new again, and a whole new generation is discovering stuff that's been around for 100 years. Yeah, and as you kind of reflect on your own career, I mean, I think you kind of started off in show business, like doing stand-up. I know you have like a background as a magician, and I think you were like on yep. some radio. So I guess when you kind of began your career in show business, did you ever think you'd end up hosting a show as, you know, as unique as Double Dare? Well, you hope for it. You know, back when I grew up in the industry, uh, some people will take this the wrong way, but you actually had to have talent. But uh, things have changed so dramatically because of the web. You know, people put themselves, uh, you know, when Vine was around, they'd do six-second videos, and all of a sudden, they'd get these huge followers. And there are some people who have these programs that they do that are interesting, fun, funny, entertaining, and there are some, uh, and maybe it's because I'm an older guy, uh, I don't get it all. Um, but that's generational. I'm sure there was a time when you know, Jack Benny and George Burns were sitting in a place making fun of the George Carlins and, uh, you know, the John Belushi's of the world. So each generation at some point feels left out and doesn't understand what the new folks are doing. I remember going through that when I was in high school and college, and now I'm on the other side of that where, you know, YouTube stars, and I use the term loosely, can own the world. I don't know, you know, it's such an oxymoron because so many of these folks, um, I think, are limited in their talent. Now, there are some, there are a handful of folks who do podcasts and do uh, stuff online that's, that's brilliant, but I think it's uh, fewer than, uh, than I would like to see. It's almost like, you know, there's just like a, just a, like flooding the market or something like everybody wants to be like, like there's just so much more access to anybody can go on YouTube. You know, there's not as much, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like there's as much of a barrier, I guess. So then everybody wants to be a part of it. I mean, you kind of see that. (laughs) It's a weird, uh, weird world. And uh, I'm glad I'm about to take a step out of it. (laughs) It's uh, it's just not the same. Yeah. But I guess as you, as you kind of reflect on, you know, I mean, Double Dare has been around since 80. Six, I think. So, yep. you know, what makes the show special? What's given it that staying power? Well, I think initially me. I think uh, all of us are the same until they say hello. And if the people like the way you say hello, they'll stick around. If they, you know, they don't, you, they leave. And with all due respect, they tried it in 2000 with another host and it lasted about five seconds. Now, it wasn't that person's fault. I think it was, you know, some strange producing and strange ideas going on by the network and it just didn't work and you know if you have to look at it i mean i did it from 86 to 94 everybody up to that point after that has done it like you know 12 months to key months so i think i had some staying power i think i had a sense of humor and uh something that uh, the kids liked and the adults liked um and i think at the time you know nickelodeon had done its research and found out that kids were living vicariously through their parents watching prices right but didn't have their own game show so we provided that for them and, uh, you know, timing is everything. Yeah. And then, of course, you can't uh, discount the, the messiness and the, you know, the zaniness of some of those physical challenges. Do you have a favorite of your own as far as the physical challenges go? Pies in the pants would be my favorite. You know, uh, catapulting pies uh, as the other person on stage is wearing clown pants and they have to catch three in their pants. That I love. Um, and you're right, the mess was, you know, kids were always being reprimanded for getting messy. And what we were doing is rewarding them uh, for that situation. And so we were sort of the antithesis of what was 
going on with you know raising kids at the time and you know Nick's motto at the time was the place where only kids win and they had this sort of comedic uh, adults versus the kids situation and it was cute and clever but never disrespectful and I think all those elements uh, you know came to make it success that uh, that it is yeah and i know you've talked before about having ocd and kind of considering your involvement on a show that's kind of messy i mean how did you kind of manage that or was it a challenge well i didn't know that it was messy when i auditioned um <laughs> because you know you're in a rehearsal hall and you know you're asking questions and you're doing silly physical challenges with no mess and then when i got the job and i walked into philly and they were you know pouring green goo and chocolate syrup on various obstacles and i said what the hell is this and i said well it's the obstacle course and i said i you didn't tell me about that what's that and they said well you know whoever wins if they run eight obstacles in 60 seconds or less they, they win all these prizes and but they're gonna get really messy and i stupidly said really do you think kids really want to do that and certainly they did <laughs> and yes uh, i did i had not been diagnosed I started double there in 86. I didn't get uh, diagnosed uh, with OCD until uh, the late 90s. So, uh, yeah, it was it was tough uh, initially, but I managed to get through it, and uh, nobody ever knew. And, uh, you know, I, I, this is what I hate about the web. You know, people say, well, he hated every minute of it. No, I loved every minute. It was fantastic. I was finally hosting a show and doing what I wanted to do. The mess factor was something that, you know, I was unaware of initially. And then it became a mind over matter thing. So, um, you know... It's all been good. These last 34-plus years at Nick have been uh, one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah, and I'm kind of just curious how so. I mean, you talked about how much you have loved you know, your time on this show. I guess, what have you kind of enjoyed about, what about this experience has been you know, memorable or in, enjoyable or, or impactful for you? Making people happy. Putting people in a room and prizes are somewhat secondary. There's a lot of laughing going on, and, and often we would find kids not successful with a physical challenge, but they'd be throwing some sort of goo, syrup, uh, slime at each other and didn't care about the prizes or the money. They were just having a good time. And I think the fact that I've been lucky enough throughout my career, been at Food Network for 20 years, Unwrapped, and also exec producing Dinner and Restaurant Impossible and a bunch of other shows, I've been able to do family entertainment and uh, do stuff that everybody can sit down, watch, and not be embarrassed to sit next to each other. So I- I'm happy about that part of my career. Do you find that, you know, I'm sure there are, you know, you think about the, you know, these, there were kids at the time and now they're probably adults when, you know, from the time that they were on, you know, contestants on the show. Do, do you ever run into former contestants as adults and, you know, do they approach well, we you did, often? Uh, well, yeah, we did a show uh, of these new batch, the last uh, 20 or 30 we shot, where we found contestants from the old days and uh, they came on uh, with their kids it was fantastic and they had great memories we had the video and showed them when they were 12 and now they were standing uh, on a new double dare set with their 12 year old sons or daughters and uh, you know to share it with uh, another generation it was it was just a great moment wow yeah that's awesome yeah it really was yeah you know, I guess kind of just to wrap things up here, I mean, kind of talk, talk to me about what's next for you. Do you kind of know what's next for your career or how, what you want to do next? Oh, sure. I'm just exec producing a new series for Discovery called The Last Unknown, where we're going to uh, various places that have not been inhabited by humans for thousands of years and uh, seeing the flora, the fauna, the animals, and that's been fun. Uh, the new uh, travel discovery uh, show that I'm going to be doing that we'll start shooting in February. I have a one-man show that we're working to get off Broadway. There's a documentary that was shot on me that we're working on to get seen uh, in various places. So, yeah, I'm not stopping. Uh, I'm just sort of uh, changing courses at this point. And I'll go back to some sort of live performing. I mean, I was a professional magician for years. I did stand-up, started at the comedy store with uh, 
Dave and Jay and Robin and Shanling, we all started together back in '76. So I'm not I'm not done. I'm just you know moving on to something different. Yeah, well that's awesome. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to mention? Just to uh, show up at uh, our show in Columbus and uh, moms, dads, kids uh, come and. Be prepared to get messy, have fun, be entertained, and laugh a lot. And uh, there are not many family shows out there. And yes, there's preschool shows like uh, Baby Shark and things like that uh, where you sit back and watch, but in ours you participate. And I think that's uh, an added value that we have that most shows don't. Yeah, yeah it's really something uh, the whole family can kind of enjoy it and uh, get them all involved together. So, so yeah, that should be great. It should be a really fun show. But thank you so much for your, your time today, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Happy holidays to you. You as well. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.